Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Brian, and today is Monday, October 23rd, 2023, and this is episode 551 of the Lots Project podcast, where we're defying norms and designing freedom. Today's episode is titled Stories from a Gas Station Tech and is brought to you by... <laughs> oh, it's not brought to you by... Oh, I guess it's brought to you by Growing Money, uh, the Comfrey Root Crown and business coaching business that I have up on my website. And uh, other than that, we will be talking about some stories over the five plus years that I was a gas station service tech. And um, yeah, it was interesting to say the least, to say the least. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Let's first grab a cup of coffee, catch up with what's going on in my life and see who's hanging out in the live stream audience. How we doing this morning? A little little foggy this morning, a little foggy Monday morning, you know, it is what it is. It was a great weekend. Got to talk about that here in a little bit. Let's see who's hanging out. Gingerbread Farms throwing, um, yeah, definitely, definitely some solid um, observations of gas stations uh, in the comments this morning. Real early, five o'clock. Good morning, Pip. Pip says, I doubt it's still up, but I had a web forum page on Florida sports bikers called Shit My Dodge Customer Said It Was Worth a Read. And uh, Hunter, Hunter, good morning. How we doing on Twitch? How was your weekend? Ah, man. I need some of that, definitely, to get going this morning. I, um, I, um, Yeah. Just a little, little foggy this morning. It was long weekend. I'm, uh, I'm still pretty tired from it. We, we both got to sleep in, uh, man, later than seven, both, uh, both weekend days, which was really nice. Uh, dogs let us sleep in and we were pretty exhausted from the previous weekend and then rolling into the week and getting caught up from SRF and all of that. So it was nice to be able to just sleep in a little bit. And not have uh, not have huge slobbery dogs just piling into bed with you, thinking it's time to get up. But anyway, this morning, what is in the cup? It is Food Forest Farms Light Ethiopian, and I've been working on that pound for a little while now, and uh, it is so smooth. I I absolutely love it, and get it in that cup, and it doesn't stay around long. I've noticed uh, I've noticed these lighter these lighter. Um, roasts from brian they don't stick around in the cup too long i uh, i pound through them pretty quick so hunter said he got some shit done nothing he wanted to do and uh, cracked an axe blank as in the the handle or the head huh <laughs> all right what did uh what do we got to, to, to catch up on here in the live chat this morning Sorry, guys, still uh, still getting with it this morning uh, with the show. But, um, man, Friday started off great. Uh, ended up having dinner with some friends we met uh, met up with at uh, Toolman Tim's workday. And then, again, at SRF that had recently moved, not semi-recently, moved to the area. And um, I didn't really know anybody. They were, they were at... They were at SRF looking for their tribe, as uh, as the saying went on the on the 
advertising for SRF, come and find your tribe. They were there. They uh, they went. They came to Toolman Tim's workday. That was another great place to locate their tribe. We hit it off. We had a, a really good time. I um, enjoyed talking with them at, at Toolman's place. And then again, all weekend running into them here and there at SRF. Excuse me, guys. <coughs> so they are, um, they purchased a place out here that needed a lot of work and had sat empty for a little while. And so they needed some help. They need a little bit of uh, labor help. And they were wondering if I was interested. So we got together on Friday night, Corey and I and them and got, uh, and got some Mexican down here at the Mexican place. They, they knew of the Mexican place here in town. Uh, it is, it is well known. Um, I've talked to people as far away as 20, 30 miles, just randomly in passing. And, they're like, oh yeah, El Portillo in in uh, Saltillo, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And everybody knows it's good, so we decided we were gonna go get some uh, get some Mexican. It was a great time. Spent a bunch of time. Um, spent a bunch of time, uh, and discussed. I mean, we just we just talked about their move and what they had been going on, and. Then they asked if I wanted to come and do some uh, do some work with them because they were tearing off a roof and putting on new roof. So Saturday, I was able to spend uh, the majority of the day over there. Corey, Corey was able to hang out here and um, and get some work done. I went over there, helped them. We got uh, half the roof off, which they were very ecstatic to do. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna go back over today and tomorrow, I believe, and um, and help finish that project but uh, that's all i can give them this week as um i've mentioned a few times before on the show have a consult coming up in north carolina this coming weekend so gonna help them out the first part of the week get caught up and get ahead there on wednesday and thursday and then i'm gone friday saturday as soon as the show is over heading up and uh grabbing a car from enterprise and taking off to um to North Carolina to do a consult on a couple properties that uh, hopefully will be installing hip camps and some pretty cool projects. Um, she's been sending me pictures of the property and I've just been daydreaming and it's uh, it looks like a good, good deal. So I'm excited to go out and take a look at that. Let's see. Um, Hunter says um, it was the head. Oh, he's trying to forge one. That's right. Uh, Trying to make an axe head and then you end up cracking it. Uh, Gingerbread says, uh, my tribe had the cops called on us last night. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's that's it. It is what it is. It is what it is. Were you, were you doing something that needed to be called on? Ah, man. That is some good stuff. That Ethiopian is... Uh, it's extra. It's extra good this month, I think. I don't know. I don't know. It just takes... It's hitting the spot. It's hitting the spot. So, um, anyway, when uh, when I was over with working with uh, with those guys, I we were trying to figure out how I could go and get there and spend the the longest amount of time. And normally in the morning, Corey and I take dogs for a walk together. All three, all three dogs with the two of us. Corey takes two of them, and I take the one that is. Um, I guess we could say he's the heaviest and the most stubborn. So him with other another dog can be can be challenging. So we usually take them all together or one at a time. 
uh, if it's just one of us. And so we were thinking ahead for when I am going to North Carolina and um, how she's going to walk them without having to spend hour and a half every time there's a dog walk. And sometimes they get a little fussy when they're home alone and the other dogs leaves, especially when there isn't another human here. Uh, like if I'm working and she she wants the extra walk time, they they behave decent. But um, when nobody's here to watch them and we go one at a time, we're not sure. We're never sure how they're going to behave. So um, Corey said, go ahead and go over and start helping work. I will take them for a um, take them for a walk by myself. And I was like, oh, really? And it's not the first time. She did it quite a bit down in, in Texas, but they were we were kind of isolated out by ourselves. She would only do it on days that uh, the campground wasn't full and it was just nice and isolated. Here is a, is a way different story. We have cars, we have um, dogs, both dogs that are at homes and also stray dogs here and there running around all the time. Uh, lots of loose dogs that uh, come and meet you. And so it's a lot of distractions. It's a lot of temptation for them. So we've kind of went away from walking them all together like that. Or she has. I, I won't do it. I will. Uh, I'll take the hour and a half walk over uh, trying to do all three of them at the same time. So I get I get um, I get the leashes and everything all fumbled and it's uh, it's frustrating for me. So then it's frustrating for them. But she she went for it and um, <laughs> she went for it and took off and uh, it went great. Uh, she said it went really well. They behaved really well. She was able to get some pictures and everything. So that was super cool. Um, good morning, guys. How we doing? And um, I'm not even... I, I, I practiced your name. I practiced your name. I, I apologize greatly. As soon as... After we had our consult, I practiced your name for a day and a half. <laughs> and now it escapes me. And you know who I'm talking. I'm talking to you. You know that. You know that. Uh, Greenberry. Also, I um, I sent you an email about Tuesday. I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to bump that. But uh, I sent you an email, and uh, we can do it next week at the same time. <laughs> Nothing like conveying business here right through the podcast for everybody everybody to uh, uh, join in on. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, good morning, Digger. Morning. How are you doing? Uh, anyway, we, Corey did the dogs all at once. So that, uh, that worked out. So hopefully fingers crossed, that's going to be a smooth going while I'm out of town. And, um, man, that's, if it is, if she can do that, it saves just significant amounts of time because, um, yeah, it's a half an hour walk for each of them. So if she can do it all at once, it saves an hour per time. And it's twice a day for two days while I'm gone. It could be, uh, it could be a lot. It could be a lot. So that was uh, a little test run this morning or this weekend. Excuse me. It went well. I uh, made a little um, made a little progress a biochar project that I'm I'm dreaming up. I've actually kind of hooked up with a, a fabrication guy and working on handing that off to him to get uh, more, I guess, professional blueprints uh or a plan drawn up and uh, and a cost estimate time estimate things like that uh i am not that guy i i have the idea i have a bunch of sketches i have uh, rough dimensions 
reasonable expectations of what can happen, but I am not a fabrication guy by any means. I, at my welding, I can stick stuff together. I can plan it out. I can cut it. I can, um, I can stick it together. I don't know the ins and outs and the intricacies of, um, of metal work all that well, but, um, I found somebody that does. I found somebody that does it professionally. And so we're hopefully going to be able to take my drawings and sketches and my ideas and uh, use descriptions in a video chat. And he can get the idea and then bring it to life uh, and get a, a cost and time estimate. And then hopefully from there, depending on the cost, we will uh, we'll fire up a... Um, fire up a Kickstarter or something to fund the whole thing and, and get it rolling and be able to do some R&D on it. So that's the plan at the moment. Morning, Kyle. How are we doing? Hope everything is well. And children, James uh, James nailed it. He's, <laughs> Dude, you're the youngest here. Uh, I do have to assume that Kyle is the youngest uh, in, the, in the group, unless he has one of his daughters listening with him. But uh, yeah, children, children. Uh, let's see what else do we have here before we move on to the topic of the day. Uh, 45k on Friday, 45k on Friday. I will be giving away 45,000 Satoshis as long as we can get 15 people to enter into the live drawing. So we're gonna have to round up some early risers, uh, get some people hanging out and, um, <laughs> Pip says Kyle makes him feel old. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, Pip. I uh, I concur. I concur. Um, if as long as we can get a bunch of people rounded up on Friday morning to uh, hang out with the live stream, and six oh three is a baby. Um, how old are you, Hunter? I I don't know. Is um. I don't know who is the youngest here. I don't know. Oh, 43. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Kyle is significantly younger. You're right there with me. You're right there with me. Kyle is a, um, Kyle's in his early thirties. I think, I think that's what he was saying. But anyway, <laughs> he says he's old and bitter at heart. Not yet, dude. Just wait. Just wait. I was just getting started when I, when I was your age. <laughs> the bitterness, the bitterness can come full force after that for sure. Uh, Forty-five thousand satoshis this this um, this Friday, but we'll need fifteen people to put that hashtag in. Uh, I haven't picked the hashtag yet. We will do that that morning. I believe my episode on Friday is on Bitcoin. I think it ended up, yeah, yeah, randomly. It's very weird the random the random number generator I use to pick the topics for the days. Um, the majority of the time lands on on the number for Bitcoin on Friday, which is it's kind of spooky to me. But um, yeah, Friday morning, Friday morning, fifteen people in, we give it away. If we don't get fifteen people in, we'll uh, we'll add another fifteen thousand and give it away the following Friday. Eventually, I think the 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 pot will be big enough to encourage people to come and and uh, put that hashtag in and win that uh, win that prize. So, 
I'm going to give it away weekly regardless. So if I add it up together and give it away to one person or give it away to a bunch of people each week is that's fine with me. So there we go. There we go. Um, <laughs> one million, one million bitcoins. Pip says, Pip says we're going to get up to one million bitcoins before we give it away. Uh, maybe one million Satoshis. I guess I'm not doubling it every week, so that would take a significant, significantly longer amount of time if I'm just adding fifteen thousand instead of uh, instead of doubling the amount every week. I'm not doing that, guys. I I know how that equation works out, and that's not going to happen. So, anyway, let's uh, let's get close and um, let's close this up, coffee chat, and get uh, get going with the topic of the day. We're up over fifteen minutes here. Trying to get back in the rhythm after missing, <coughs> excuse me, after missing a prep weekend last weekend being an SRF, trying to get back to the new show format. I didn't, uh, I wasn't able to prepare last week. So we did freestyle episodes, which worked out. There was plenty to talk about and plenty to uh, process from SRF. So that worked out well for the week, but we're getting it back into it this week and today the topic is going to be stories from when I was a fuel tech for about five years before uh, we took off here. So before we get to some fuel tech stories, I want to take a second and talk about a side hustle I ran while I had that job. Uh, Comfrey is a great plant to base your side hustle around with multiple ways to sell it, low startup costs and the, bil- and the ability to start and stop at any time. And if you want to stop, you just end up with a beautiful, um, a beautiful perennial plant with uh, huge broad green leaves and cute little purple flowers. It's great. It's great for you to get started with. And I also can provide you business coaching to help you along your way. So check out that growing money page on thelotsproject.com. The link is in the video description and the audio description. Sign up for a free 30-minute chat. And um, we'll see if Comfrey is right for you. So I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> well, before we get into these stories, Gingerbread says scrambling will cheat us over the top. Yeah, old uh, Brian, I don't, he gets excited. He gets excited. Uh, Pip says SRF same time next year. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, Hunter, Hunter, you can, um, you can send me a message on Telegram. You can send me a message on Telegram. We've talked before, so I don't think you can find a sign up for another free chat. I think it locks it out to one per IP address unless you use a VPN. You can sign up again, but message me on um, message me on Telegram or shoot me an email, and we'll get you uh, get you set up when you're ready. Uh, all right, all right. This job, this job. I've been sitting on this topic for a while. It's been on my topic list from before we even, before I even changed show formats uh, back when I was just always looking for, um, always looking for topics during the day. So like I would, I would, I would go in the morning and I would just write a a list of things I wanted to talk about, whether they were homesteading, um, full-time RVing or whatever. Well, I always had a running list of things that I could pull from if I didn't have anything from the day. And right at the top was always like, um, gas tech stories. And I never used it. I never used it. It never really, it never really, uh, 
fit in with telling one or two and then going on to other topics. So now that I have a whole a whole section that I wanted to have the same topic, I will uh, I'm going to tell you some stories and some thoughts. And uh, if you're considering, excuse me, if you're considering being a fuel tech. I, uh, I definitely encourage you to listen to this episode and to just get a, a picture of what uh, what you have in store for you. Now, I'm going to preface this all by not all companies are the same. I, I don't need to trash on my old company. They sucked, really. They did. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, a lot of companies do. A lot of companies don't. There were a lot of reasons for in a, in a big shift and change in their... Uh, a big shift, a change in uh, in leadership and things like that. So it is what it is. It is what it is. Regardless of the company, um, I think most of these situations would happen um, regardless of of company. Like this is going. This is the life of a fuel tech. Um, no matter what company they're working for, a lot are really shitty. If you're going into it, if you're going into this, a lot of the companies are really shitty really scammy there are a, a a few really good ones uh i've had friends that work for them that absolutely love their companies their companies take care of them and it's just like any industry you're gonna have goods and bad so i don't believe that it's uh it's necessarily bad across the board i enjoyed the work you do everything from um mechanical straight like uh, plumbing um pipe fitting things like that to mechanical pumps and electrical troubleshooting, uh, all the things you would do in like an industrial maintenance role, and then add on um, computer networking, uh, credit card transactions, computer boards, things like that inside the dispensers. The dispensers have gotten way more um, uh, computerized than mechanical. The mechanical, the actually physical mechanical parts of the dispensers are very straightforward and simple kind of <laughs> kind of um so it was very interesting work but with a ton of different uh a ton of different things you could get into uh, there's just there's just so many variables on the day um i got a question how common is it that diesel and normal gas get mixed up at the gas station I'm asking because of what happened in August in Florida with diesel and gas getting mixed up along the panhandle. Um, whew, how often? Gas and diesel, not as often as you would think. Uh, well, as you would, um, as I would think, it, a lot more often is um, two grades of gasoline get swapped. Diesel diesel is yellow like in the parking lot when the drivers show up they mark the the drops usually by color code and pattern um diesel's yellow it's like caution usually the drivers are with it enough to know that diesel is yellow diesel is yellow it just it goes along but uh the other colors they get them mixed up they're like red white blue they have some have solid lines some have crosses like uh, it's a whole system that is supposed to be standardized, but you know they don't they don't really pay attention all that much. So the getting mixed up between the two grades of unleaded is a lot more common, um, and a lot more times it's not caught. 
or the driver doesn't say shit and then it gets uh it gets figured out after the fact on the reconciliation gingerbread says diesel also stinks yes um diesel is a tough one diesel is a tough one to uh to get cross dropped is what it's called um and it's a mess to clean up it is absolute mess uh, i think that's on my list actually is um the 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 night a uh, multiple nights actually where you get a call and basically as the fuel tech you have to go out to go um open open the drop like where they drop the fuel you have to open up the the adapter so they can bring in a vacuum truck and suck out the fuel and you stand there and wait for them to suck it out and then you wait for the new truck to dump it in and then you have to purge all the lines underneath so they put the new fuel in you have to push up hopefully hopefully if they caught it in time the pump didn't turn on and it didn't get pushed to all the pumps but they never rarely like to rely on hopefully and so they made you purge all that fuel out so those are great nights when you when you get called in the middle of the night to go do that especially when it's like 15 degrees and usually it happened more in the winter because all the all the signage would get covered up with snow in the parking lot. So, um, James still remembers the colors. <laughs> Pip says, I've seen about a dozen cars that have been fed the wrong fuel type. Speaking from 20 years as a Dodge dealership. Yeah, uh, we had this is actually on my list, too. So one day I get a call. <coughs> I get a call that I uh, it was emergency. I had to go to this site like an hour away this is like at noon maybe i've been working all morning i i started early i started at five six and then when i started doing the show i started at like 6 45 um at noon i'm already slowing my day down i'm usually on to my last job and then on to home i got a call because i was the on-call guy that you had to um you had to I had to go and drive an hour away from where I was, which put me like almost two hours away from my house because they had an emergency. And James says, yes, it's always an emergency. Actually, this was, it was pretty interesting situation. Um, if you've ever driven through the parking lot and you go over the little bumps and it's like, kunk, 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 um, those are covers for pumps that are down in the parking lot that go down into the tank and um, the tanks sit underground normally, and then it pumps the fuel up and up to the gas dispensers. There were some guys doing some contract work in the in the hole that it filled up with water in the not in the tank, in the sump in the parking lot, and it was winter in Minnesota, so it was ice. They were there pressure washing it with a hot sea with a hot pressure washer melting the ice and using a vacuum truck to suck the water out normal operation like you don't want water sitting above the tank in anything because it'll as it as it melts it'll it'll drip down in the tank um they're supposed to be watertight a lot of times they aren't uh that's why you're going to get water in the tank that kept me uh, employed because i was always constantly running around and and sucking water out of the bottom of tanks well, these two gentlemen were in there and they were kind of stepping on the motors, which is common practice. So you have to, it's almost like you have to climb down into the hole in the parking lot. And uh, one of the guys was standing on it and all of a sudden it broke free. 
And it went from about 60 gallons of water that they were sucking out of this hole to no water in the hole and all the water was in the tank. Well, these guys weren't, these guys were just vacuum truck guys. Like they weren't techs. They didn't know what was going on. Um, and so they were like, oh, well, we uh, sucked up all the water. All the water in the ice is gone. So we're going to pack up our truck and leave. This happened to be a, an 87 tank, like the regular that everybody's going to be putting into their car. And very soon, the gas station was getting calls that there was a line of cars about a quarter mile from the gas station, all sitting on the side of the road, all talking to each other, all had just got gas at that gas station. Yeah, they shut it down real quick. And Brian got a call since they somehow realized that this wasn't going to be done by five o'clock and I was the on-call guy. So I show up, the whole station shut down. They didn't know what was going on. All them this is a very, very, very busy station right on uh right on I-35 exit right north of the city. And so we um we realized what had happened after uh after discussing because the guys with the vac truck they closed everything up like they they left like nothing had happened we kind of started we started investigating they um their their tank monitor that was supposed to alert them that they had water in their tank was not working properly um and so we started digging in we kind of had an idea that that there was water in these these vehicles. That's why they were all stopped on the side of the road. So we started digging in, uh, found out, opened up the sump to inspect. And when I went to step into the sump, I put my foot on the top of the motor and it just kind of rocked back and forth. And I went, oh, no, <laughs> um, that's a big job. That's uh, that's a big job. And the company that I was out there working for, not my company, the company that uh, hired us, was pretty big. It was one of our biggest accounts. It was um, one that we catered to, we bent over backwards for, and they wanted it fixed that night. Well, I got home about three in the morning. Um, we had construction guys come out. We had electricians come out. We had everybody come out. We took the whole thing apart. We put it back together. In the meantime, we got a tanker to come and pump out the whole tank since it had just gotten a delivery before these guys uh, dropped all that water in the bottom. We got it all pumped out. We got our pump back in and then we purged for forever. Um, when water and fuel get in the lines, it's way different than uh, a cross drop of fuel. They don't push the same. Pip says water does not compress well. Water likes to um, not push when you pump. It likes to just sit. And uh, so they make things called water absorbing filters that you can put on the on the pumps. You think that'd be a good thing if you saw those. If you see those at a gas station for some reason, if you don't want to get gas there. There's a reason why they're using them. Usually because they have water issues. But anyway... Um, <laughs> Gingerbread says the messed up Vita route never happens. Yeah, never, um, never has anybody ever unhooked the alarm button from uh, from activating inside a Vita route. Anyway, we got it all uh, we got it all purged out. We were there um, two hour drive home. And I got home at five or three in the morning, and uh, yeah, 
in this industry, when you get home like that, they expect you up and to work the next day. At least my company did. So that was awesome. That late call from uh, from some vendors that didn't know what they were doing and uh, broke everything, got to go fix that up. That was way down on my list. Um, 60 gallons in a 20, 20K tank should have been absorbed by the ethanol. Yeah, should have uh, if it had taken that long. If it had taken that long, it drained. Well, I'm guessing it was more than 60 gallons. It was a whole... Um, it was way more than 60 gallons. <laughs> it was a whole sump uh, that was, when I stood in the bottom, it must have been six foot deep and four foot across. So and it was three quarters full. So yeah, it sucked. It sucked. It was more than 60 gallons, right, James? And uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, um, I don't know. 60 and a 20,000. If it was full, yeah, probably. You wouldn't want to use the fuel regardless. Um, morning, Jeremy. One step closer. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us and hanging laundry. I saw you sneak in there. And uh, good morning to you. Let me get back to this list. That that one was way down on the list, but somebody happened to mention, uh, mention cross-dropping. Uh, my favorite type of call, I can. Uh, that was number one on the list. My favorite type of call to take was um, you would get uh, service call descriptions. So I had like a little mobile app. I woke, I, I got up in the morning. I refreshed my app. I looked and it said like the station, um, what the caller had said is the description. So our customer service agents were meh at best. And so the descriptions that we a lot of the times got were not even close to what the customer said. And the customer's knowledge of the equipment and what was going on is meh at best. So when you got somebody that doesn't know what they're talking talking about and then someone that can't translate what somebody's talking about and then i get the message half the time we had no idea what we were showing up for uh but a lot of times i would get these calls that say um say like 87 not working and 91 not working on one side of a dispenser now once you understand that all the fuel comes from the same spot so if you have a dispenser with two sides, the 87 comes in on one pipe. So if it's working on one side, not the other, and then that's the same for another fuel grade, it's it's very unusual. It's very unusual that it would be only one side and only part of the fuel that comes to the dispenser. So we, um, we would uh, <laughs> show up, <laughs> excuse me, and uh, roll up and a lot of times we were working on our main customer had the four hose dispensers um i don't know if you've noticed the distant difference and that's the weird part talking to everyone everyone goes to the gas station if you have a vehicle you go to the gas station um but you don't notice the things until you work on them but the dispensers that have four different hoses as opposed to one hose with four different types of fuel um they are uh they are known for having the hoses get swapped like the handles so people would fuel and when they would go to hang it up they'd like knock the other handle off and uh, they'd pick it up and they'd put it on the wrong one or people would do them on purpose so what would happen is you would pick up the hose say the the left hose your 87 like you want to put in your regular on your car 
you'd pick up the hose, you would lift the handle, and you'd go to pump it in, and it wouldn't work. Well, that's because it's actually the hose for the next one over. If you would pick up the next hose, it would work. Um, so the first time I ever got one of these calls, I went out and I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, and it was it was probably the first or the second week that I I was on my own. You train for quite a significant amount of time in this job because you don't really know anything when you start. No one is experienced in this, or very few when they uh, switch companies. So you go on a long training. I was one of my first calls by myself and I wanted, I was determined not to call somebody. I was determined not to, I would be able to figure it out myself. I had manuals. I had all of this. I looked at that thing for an hour. I looked, I looked inside out. I uh, pulled error codes. I checked valves. I checked this. I checked that all the things that I was taught over the few months to check to figure out what was wrong. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. And I got in my van and I called my, uh, my trainer and I said, man, I can't figure this one out. And he's like, okay, well, what's going on? And I tell him, and within two seconds, he said, Hey, take a peek, take a peek up at the, at the top there where the hoses come out and follow those hoses down and see where they go. And as I'm looking down, I got this sinking feeling in my heart. And I went, oh, wow, <laughs> look at that. That wouldn't work. <laughs> the hoses were switched. Um, I said to him on the phone, I said, "Don't isn't this something that you think they would check before they called us at, at a, over $100 an hour to come out and look for this? He goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, 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 they are instructed to do that, but no one does especially in winter in Minnesota when they have to walk out in negative 10 to check it. This was a common occurrence. This is definitely a common occurrence. Um, <laughs> definitely a common occurrence, especially in the winter. Uh, people, the hoses in Minnesota, the it would get so cold that they would get stiff uh, and uh, sometimes even freeze into shape. So they get very... Uh, easy to knock off in the winter they would get put back in the wrong spots all the time and um, those were your favorite jobs we had an hour minimum when we showed up on site so when you signed up or when you called us there was a rollout fee we showed up and you got a charge for an hour minimum whether i was there for five minutes or an hour well when you're a tech and you don't particularly care for working very hard on a day for some reason and you have a call that the customer's charged an hour and your company's billing an hour and you really don't want to do anything for 55 minutes and you roll up and you look at it, that's a fantastic time to sit in your van and contemplate life uh, for about 50 minutes and then walk inside and tell them they got it all fixed. And when they go to use it, it's all fixed. So yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, Negative 10 on state in Florida. Yeah. There's no error code for people being dummies. Yeah, for sure there are. For sure there are. And did you try turning it off, turning it on again? Uh, you would be very surprised how many uh, how many of my service calls in five years were turn it off and turn it back on again. And uh, and that's all it needed, actually. Uh, Gil Barco gas electronic side are good for that, for sure. Um, 
Pip was uh, Pip was uh, saying negative ten, and he's going to stay in Florida. The next uh, the next thing on my list was a uh, another time early in my in my time there. I was on call one day. It was on the weekend, and it was about mid morning, and I get a call. It, there's a blizzard going on. Like it was snowing so hard already that I was like, I know I'm going to get a call. I know I'm going to get a call. It's just, it is what it is. I got to go to these things is what I had been told, what had been beaten into my head for, for the whole time I had been training. Uh, you go, you get your certification. And after you get certification, you're on call immediately. Like all the other texts, as soon as you get back the first week, you're on call. This was a little later on. I get a call and it was for um, diesel exhaust, exhaust fuel fluid excuse me def def um def freezes at 12 degrees fahrenheit so at 12 degrees fahrenheit def turns solid it expands it blows out valves and all sorts of stuff now 12 degrees fahrenheit in north carolina where uh gil barco gas pumps is located is not a big deal it doesn't happen that often all they do is put a little bit of a blower heater in the bottom of the cabinet don't even put insulation in it, really. It's just sheet metal with uh, some thin uh, foil insulation. It don't work. It doesn't work that well in uh, in Minnesota. It doesn't it doesn't stay that warm. So if anything fails in these systems, we get uh, we put extra insulation on them. They put these like horse blanket things over all the def piping, uh, heat trace, blower mode, blower heaters. And if any of them ever function, it would freeze. Uh, the dispenser would throw an error code if it got too cold in the cabinet, but that didn't stop it from getting colder. That didn't stop the the the, the fluid from from crystallizing and breaking everything. Well, I got a call um, from one of the sites that was about the furthest distance in our area, um, in that direction. And so I was like, all right, what's the problem? Error code. I knew exactly what had happened. It was in the middle of a blizzard. It was winter. It was cold and um, deaf had frozen. So I looked in my van and it had happened a bunch at, at, in the time, in the recent time. And so all my repair kits were gone. I pull and I was like, oh, perfect. Perfect. I can't go. There's no reason for me to go if I don't have the right part. So I, um, my next job was to pull up the inventory at our shop and look at and see there. And I was fingers crossed that we had put enough in that they didn't have any at the shop. Unfortunately, there were two of them at the shop. Well, what this meant was I got to drive an hour south. What normally would have been an hour south. Um, <laughs> it would have been an hour south. In this blizzard, it took me about an hour and 45 minutes. I got my part, and then I headed out, which normally would be a two-hour drive out. It was more like three to three and a half by the time I got out there in this blizzard. I proceeded to fix this heater in, man, 20, 30-mile-an-hour winds, blowing snow sideways into the dispenser. It was absolute nightmare. Um, I was like, oh, thank God this is over. I go inside. I tell the manager, "Hey, it's all good. It's back up and it's um, back up and going." 
I jump in my van, I start it up, and the heat is on, it's blowing on me, and my phone rings. And I was like, oh no. I mean, we were getting we were getting six, eight inches of snow, like significant increases in snow every hour. Um, the roads, the the snow plows had just stopped because they couldn't, they weren't keeping up. They were just gonna wait for the storm to be out, but I'm now that far away from home. I get phone call. And uh, another station had called in an emergency call. Of course, there's nobody on the road. Like, there's no cars out. I'm like, I don't know why I have to go to a gas station when there's no cars on the road. No one can get there. And so I, uh, I take the call. And they're like, all our pumps are down. All our pumps are down. And that's one of the things that we were pretty much required to go if a site was down. The whole site, like... We had tech discretion from what I understood at that point. Um, but one of the things we were required to go for was a hit dispenser or all all grades down, things like that. So I said, all right, where are you? Where are you? Um, and they gave me the city and it was on about exact opposite straight east on the the map of what we could cover. So another three hours in, in good driving conditions. Well, I made it relatively quickly for the condition. No other cars on the road. There were no snow plows on the road. And man, it was me. I was plowing away. I, I got there. Took forever. I'm exhausted by this point, And I'm not looking forward to working on these pumps. No tire tracks in the in the parking lot. No one had been there. There had been enough snow accumulation that you didn't even see where anybody had driven. I roll up to the pumps. I needed gas. Um, as fuel techs, we really ran our tanks low in case we had to test fuel pumps. We could test it into our service van. And I was really low. I was like, holy crap, after this drive. So I get in there and I pull up. And I before I went in, I, uh, I was like, shit, I'll just test it. I'll see if they're working. I'll see what's going on. I put my card in and I start pumping fuel and it works just fine. And I'm like, what is going on? What's going on? So I fill my van up and I go inside and I say, hey, I'm here to fix your gas pumps, but it seems like they're working. He's like, yeah, we called. Uh, a customer came in and said it wasn't working. I said, okay. And he goes, so they're working? I said, yeah, did you go out and try them? He goes, no, they said it wasn't working. So why would I go out in the snow and have to go out and test it? And I kind of looked at him and I just put my head down. And before I could say anything, I just turned around. I walked out and I got in my van and I drove home. This guy literally could have walked 10 feet out the front door, tested that gas pump, turned around, walked in, had the wonderful rest of his night. Instead, he called me to drive in a snowstorm for four hours to come and fill my van up with gas and go home yeah i was uh i was not happy Corey was uh cory was nervous the whole time uh she was not she was very nervous a lot of the times when i was out because we were we were under the impression that uh that it was required for us to go when you're on call or even on a normal work day we were we were some of the last people on the road um, so 
Corey was super nervous. I got home. She's like, you shouldn't have went. I was like, I had to go early on in my job. I was like, I got it. I can't, I can't do this. Monthly meeting we have uh, two days later, sitting in the monthly meeting and uh, the owner of the company is like, yeah, we've had some crazy weather, some uh, really bad snowstorms. And you go, you know, you guys, uh, if it's really bad out on the roads, you don't have to go to the to calls. Like, it is your discretion whether you feel safe driving these calls or not. And I'm like, oh, of course, of course, two days after this, uh, this whole uh, fiasco, I would have been sitting on my happy ass at home the way it looked when I left. So, um... <laughs> Hunter says, this is how you put up with us. You have practice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I dealt with uh, with the best of them. Uh, on my list here was uh, the, the dead stare cashiers. I can't count the number of times uh, that I would walk in and, like, picture perfect um, example of what I dealt with was the girl from Idiocracy. You know, when he goes to the hospital and uh, he's trying to check into the hospital and he's telling her all the symptoms and she's just looking at the screen and she's trying to find the button that maxes a picture of what he's talking about. I don't know how many times I went in to tell people, hey, I'm here to work on dispenser number four. And my reply I would get was they'd look out the window and they'd look back at me. And then they'd look at their screen and they look back up and they go, dispenser number four is broken. You sure is. That's why I'm here. <laughs> I'm here to work on it. Well, you can't get, you can't get gas. It's broken. We called somebody to fix it. Yup. Sure did. It's me. I'm here. Can you give me the keys to it so I can fix it? It was, it was infuriating. Um, it beats on you. It, uh, it gets you, it, uh, really, really wears on you. It wears on you when you see the stuff that, um, that employees do. Uh, I saw, I saw, or I heard, I'm pretty sure it was John Willis, uh, at SRF was talking about McDonald's isn't a career choice like going to McDonald's and getting a job and people complaining about the wages of McDonald's and realizing that, that McDonald's isn't a career choice. And I, I'm nodding my head in agreement. Yes, 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 that is true. And then I had this, this horrible flashback to all of these people I dealt with. And they weren't kids. They, these people weren't kids. They were, they were adults, like function, semi-functioning adults. 40s, 50s, 60s. This was a career choice. I mean, it is what it is. You got to do what you got to do. But um, yeah, I, 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 some of them, I wondered how they, they, they were breathing on their own. Third button down is the left. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was nice getting to a point where, um, hanging laundry says, why isn't there an emergency shut off at the pump anymore? Maybe I'm crazy, but thought they used to have them had a pump go bananas on me. Horrible spill waste. 
they have to legally have a emergency shutoff um, within, I don't remember the footage, but uh, within either it's 100 feet or 100 yards of the of the pumps. That was, uh, that's a construction side of things that I didn't uh, really deal with, that they made those, sure of those at the beginning. Um, they just had, I just had to text if they were functioning. I'm not sure how close it had to be, but that is a requirement. A lot of the times they'll put them behind like the ice machine or things like that outside. I've seen that quite a bit. Um, they're there. They're there somewhere. Uh, I don't think there was ever an emergency stop requirement at the pump. Um, but watching people on site uh, deal with stuff like that. Hunter says the button's always on the other side of the lot. Yes, it is. And half the times they don't work. Let you know that too. Uh, there were many times I showed up to do inspection. Like I did a lot of inspection work and, um, and that was one of the things we had to test. We had to like turn it off, make sure the buzzer went on all that stuff. And, um, you would be surprised how many didn't work and how many didn't work. And you knew, you kind of knew that they didn't work for a long time. <laughs> like, uh, how did that get wired in? There were stations that I were, was at that was at at different times. They had been, uh, they had been open for years, like not years and years and years, but a couple of years. <laughs> And the physical way the things were wired up would tell me that they never worked, uh, that somebody pencil whipped the paperwork A at the opening and every year or every other year when they were inspected, uh, they weren't actually ex ever tested. So you would be you would be horrified at the different things that I saw um, in this in that industry. Um gasoline and diesel is no joke going in the ground and um yeah there's there's some shady shit out there guys there really is there really is uh and i it would be it's it's scary it's scary it's scary um ginger pets overfill alarms suck yes yeah overfill alarm wiring Overfill alarm testing, overfill alarms malfunctioning are uh, the bane of a service tech's existence. And uh, it really, it was really uh, not fun. Um, one last thing, I guess, uh, if you're at a station, this is a, a PSA for my audience, for anybody listening to this here at the end. Um, don't ask the guy working on the pump if he can change the prices don't ask don't make stupid comments to them about oh price is going up again or hey can you give me free gas like just don't do it i know like the urge is there the dad joke or whatever you think is funny I will guarantee you that guy hates his life at the moment you're saying that. And you saying that might be the thing that makes him go home and drink a little more or uh, or do something. Because I'll tell you, you can't believe how often it happened. I, I can't say daily. I would definitely say weekly. Definitely say weekly. Gingerbread says, shady 
like drop a stick into the block of the flapper. Yeah. Yeah. That was always fun having to go out and change those things because truck drivers decided they were just going to bypass the overfill valve. Uh, Pip says, I hate those ignorant puns. Yeah. And they were, they were plentiful. They were plentiful and being exposed to the general public right there all the time doing something. And, you know, a lot of the times I, I just look back and I would say, do you really think I go around and change the price on every single pump? And they stop and think for a second and look at it and goes, well, how would they do it then? <laughs> was, oh, it was infuriating. And uh, the other thing with the general public that I just tried to stay avoidable at some point I would barricade off a dispenser uh, pro hey hey I'm back <laughs> uh, it would be I would put two cones on the side I wasn't working on I would park my van on the side I was working on I would open up the doors on both sides of them it was blatantly obvious when I was working on a dispenser and I would still have people pull up next to my cone, get out, walk past my cone, grab the hose off an open dispenser, put it in their get in their vehicle to start fueling. The power is off to this thing. No lights on it. No nothing. Me laying underneath it from the other side with pipes pulled apart. And the person is clicking the handle. Click, 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 pushing buttons furiously. And I'd look up and I say, I'm working on it. It's not going to work for you. And they would look down at me and say, well, when will you be done? Because this is my favorite pump. Things like that. It wears on you guys. The burnout rate is real in that uh, in that profession. Uh, let me grab some of these comments real quick, and we're going to wrap up. Uh, retail workers and folks in the service industry also really appreciate those jokes. Yeah, I I mean, I was a bartender for a decade, and then uh, yeah, yeah, I, I prefer I prefer not interacting with the general public at stores anymore. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we used to um, hang in laundry. Said something. Someone did decorate a couple pumps with prices higher than Hunter Biden. Yeah, the the I did this was popular uh, when I was when I was in it with the Biden with the finger at the at the prices. Those were pretty pretty um, <laughs> pretty common. Um, <sighs> Ginger, gingerbread yeah uh he was talking about a station out of gas and he was driving a truck they wouldn't let him in because they didn't want to lose their place in line for when the fuel came but he, they were blocking the people bringing the fuel i was blocked a lot at costco uh costco was brilliant for putting their pumps uh mechanics underneath where the cars drove into the pumps so when shit would break and everybody would back up because they couldn't get gas and the lines would back up the parking lot that everybody was in basically was right on top of where I had to get to. So 
I was never in a hurry. They could let they could sit there and honk their horns and do everything they wanted, and they were going to sit there until I was done. So I didn't really care. Um, <laughs> no lights on in the customer's head. Um, <laughs> oh, guys, I got to wrap it up. I got to wrap it up. Tomorrow, we're going to get back into coffee vocabulary. We're going we're gonna to continue the, the coffee terms, uh, chatting about those. I, I got the list um, that I continue to add on to that we hit last time. We'll be getting into some new coffee terms uh, and having fun with that. And the rest of the week, we got all sorts of stuff. We're going to be talking about homesteading strategies, uh, strategies for live events, and Bitcoin. It's going to be a good week. It's going to be a good week. Back to the old style 15 minutes of uh, coffee chat and then back into a topic for the rest of the show. Uh, like I said, if you are interested in a side hustle or even just getting an awesome ornamental and medicinal plant on your property, Hit me up on the website, The Growing Money Under Services. We'll talk about Comfrey. We'll talk about uh, all the different things you can use it for and products you can sell from it and how you can get started. And uh, And I can coach you along the way. Other than that, if you'd like to participate in the live comments, you can always join us in the live recording Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Central on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with others. You can find a post about the episode along with links to all my social media, services I offer, recommended products, and companies I'm affiliated with at thelotsproject.com. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcast 2.0 value for value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great day, guys. It is Monday. You can get through it. You can get through it. I got a bunch to, a bunch of work to go do. I'm going to go help my friends uh, on the roof some more. We're going to get that project pounded out. We will be back with you in the morning.